Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Retirement Plans for Business Owners and Their Employees, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Former Dallas TV news anchor and talk show host Vicki Hitzkis is uh, previously hosted the Dallas Cowboys TV show Special Edition. As a newscaster, she won awards including the National Press Club Award for Best Feature. After television, she started a public relations company where she worked on campaigns for Bank of Dallas, Tony Roma's Restaurants, Beauty Control Cosmetics, and at the time, the world's top motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar. She's spoken across the United States and as far away as New Zealand, Qatar, Thailand, Hawaii, Alaska, and Panama. She's also written two books, one on Attitude, which sold out the first day it came on the market, all 5,000 copies, and one on how to stop procrastinating. Her forte is kicking off conferences with a bang and helping companies get and keep their morale and productivity high. So I'm glad to welcome Vicki Hitzkis. So thanks for being here with me today. Thank you, Candy. Well, we are going to have a lot of great information to share, but what I wanted you to do first is just give a little bit more about your background and how you became an author on the topic of having a positive attitude and leadership. Well, that's kind of a funny story. I had been a speaker for a long time, and, you know, that you hear everybody's got a book inside of them. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got a book inside. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I I needed a product to sell in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I I just kind of agonized about it because I had read other speakers' books that some of them were very good, and some of them were just not good at all. And I didn't want to just write a book. And I was a a top speaker for a, well, I'll, I'll tell you the name, Premier Speakers Bureau. And another speaker suddenly came on the scene, Mac Anderson, and I considered him my biggest competitor. Mac Anderson was the guy who, do you remember back, if you remember back to the 80s, there were posters all over the place, and there'd be a picture, and it would say courage, and then there'd be a a quote about courage or Mm -hmm. trust, and then there'd be a Mm -hmm. quote about perseverance. Well, he sold that company that made those posters successories for millions of dollars, and then he went into publishing books, and the book company is Simple Truths. Then he also became a speaker, and so he was like 
I, you know, I considered him my number one rival. Mm. Well, one of my okay. friends said to me, Vicki, I feel so strongly about this. You should go write for Simple Truths. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ken Blanchard wrote for him and Zig Ziglar and, you know, I mean, really top names, you know. And, right. And he was my competitor, you know. So, so one day I just sucked it up. I picked up the phone. I called. I got his voicemail, and I said, "Let's not let's not be competitors. Well, I, I'd like to work with you. I'd love to write a book for you." Well, nice. <laughs> as it turns out, he he had no idea who I was, Candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking was a side gig for him. He didn't realize we were competitors, but he flew to Dallas. He met me, and I pitched him three ideas, and he he liked them. So I went home, and I wrote three books, nice. none of which he liked. I wrote <laughs> three books. I didn't know that you did treatments. I didn't know that. I just, I just wrote three whole books. So he rejected every single one of them. And then a couple months later, he called me back, and he said, Vicki, you're so positive. Why don't you write a book? on how to have a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was going through a divorce, and I was absolutely heartbroken. So I would sit at my computer, and I would Google how to be happy. And I would think, <laughs> right. that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote this book, and it sold out the very first day, 5,000 copies. Isn't that an amazing story? That's obvious. So, so let's talk about that book then, Attitude is Everything. You know, so why was it such a huge bestseller? Well, I think for a couple reasons. One, I think people want to be positive and, and they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I also, some are naturally positive, but a lot, yeah, there could be some struggle. Yes, I do think, I do think People have a disposition born into them. I believe that. Mm -hmm. But I think even when you're positive, you resonate with the book because you like qualities about yourself that you, like you like qualities in other people that you admire about yourself. So you Mm -hmm. see a book on positive attitude and you think, oh, I like that. So you want want the book. And if you don't have it, you think, oh, I wish I were positive. So, So then you like the book. And another thing that Mac was so good at, these are gift books, the books that I've written. They're beautiful. They're hardcover, and they're just packed full of beautiful pictures. And he put uh, on the first edition the little ducklings on the front. Well, it was mm. his most popular photograph. And so, I mean, just the picture itself would have sold that book, but people read the book and they liked it. You know, it got almost all, always, wherever it's been reviewed, it's gotten five stars. He lost the right to that picture and he put a little dog on the front. And I can tell you, if you put dogs or kids on the front of your book, <laughs> your book's right. going to sell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Very true. So obviously, again, there's even if you're positive, things happen kind of in your life sometimes even that can, you know, be frustrating or cause sadness or, you know, you have grief or things like that too. But, you know, is it really possible to stay positive? I don't know if it's possible to always stay positive because, you know, in Ecclesiastes it says there's a time to laugh and there's a time to cry. And and, and 
you know, life is filled with little grief. So uh, I don't think it is possible to always stay positive. But, uh, but I think we can lessen blows if we decide not to dwell on sad things. And I'll give you an example. You, you read in my introduction that I used to work with Zig Ziglar. Zig mm-hmm. Ziglar was the most genuinely positive person I ever met. I worked, I worked with, for him as his publicist for a couple years and then as a speaker. When I was his publicist, I worked with him every single day. I never saw him in a bad mood. Mm. I never saw him. I, I saw him ruffled. I, you know, I saw I saw him be upset or angry a little bit, but but never out of line. And mm-hmm. he he was he was just a positive positive man. Even though things went wrong in his life, the worst thing that I knew of that went wrong in his life is his oldest daughter, who he loved, Susan died. She she died right after I left the company. And I remember going to the viewing and Zig was exhausted. He was exhausted from grief and he was exhausted mm-hmm. from being there and hoping. And you know how grief just takes it out of you. Right. And I remember he went around and he greeted everybody and he and he said, We have no regrets. We mm-hmm. have no regrets. And even in his grief, he was choosing to look at the positive. Right. And I, I, I never forgot that. He did a lot of things that I think were wise. Outside of his office, he had this huge bulletin board. And it was he called it his gratitude board. And if you, I don't know if you've ever if you ever got the opportunity to hear him speak, but mm. do um, look him up online, listen to him. The people that he talked about in his speeches, he would get pictures of, and he posted them so he couldn't walk into his office or out of his office without seeing pictures. He became a huge speaker because of Mary Kay. The oh, interesting. That was one of the reasons the big cosmetics executive. So her mm-hmm. picture was on the gratitude board. Um, there was a guy named Bernie Lopchek, and I, I can't remember all about him, but he had a son who was born with multiple multiple physical challenges and overcame almost all of them. And he and Bernie, the father, became very close friends. Bernie was there. Um, I don't remember who all was on the board, but I know every single person on that board meant a lot to Zig. And he was grateful for each one of them. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge, it was like the size of, you know, the ones you had when you were in third grade. You know, it's strategic right. had your room. And, <laughs> and it made him happy. Right. I think that's important, too, because, you know, you're talking about gratitude and, and things like that, too. And I think that definitely helps us even in the midst of whatever we're going through to think about other people or what's happened to us and just be thankful for the good things that have happened, because we're all going to have good things and bad things. But trying to stay thinking about the good side is is obviously, you know, it makes it better for everyone around us as well. <laughs> you know? Doesn't it, though? And, it, mm-hmm. and it's a habit. You choose what you think about. Zig's daughter, Julie, listen to this story. In the, recently, 
she lost her granddaughter, her darling granddaughter. She lost her father. She lost her mother, and then her husband died. Mm. Her husband and her mother. I mean, she she in a short span of just a couple of years, everybody died, and she she's one of the happiest people I've ever met. I mean, she's just she's always laughing and smiling, and she went through deep deep grief. Plus, her husband. Um, could have managed their finances better. And so she had a lot to deal with. And I said to her, Julie, you moved from crisis to crisis with a smile. And she, mm-hmm. that just made her laugh. But she she did. She does. She, But it's because I think she grew up in a home where she learned to focus on the positive. And and, right. and I think, like you said, she's just naturally inclined to be positive, but then it got reinforced and reinforced and reinforced, and she chooses to look at the positive. And what a difference, and what a difference, like you just said, that it is to be around her, because she's not negative and whining and, oh, listen to what happened to me. And <laughs> right. <laughs> she's a delight. Well, I think we have one more question that we can answer before we go to break. So why do you think some people seem to have an easier time staying positive than others? I think it's what you just said. I think some people, you can look at puppies and see this. You can see babies. You can see puppies. If if you look at a box of puppies, just brand new little puppies, (laughs) some of them, some of them just wag their tails and they're happy and they're eager and other ones are just kind of moo cowy. You know, they're just, mm-hmm. they're just not, not, they're just not born with the same pep and energy and happiness. Babies are the same way. There's some babies that are just eager. And I think, now I don't know if this is true, but I think that gets reinforced. I think babies that laugh and smile, that gets reinforced. Like, oh, that baby's so happy. And it gets reinforced and reinforced. And that increases the serotonin and the dopamine and whatever happy chemicals there are in your brain. Um, but I do, I know from just observation, some people are born happier than others. Mm hmm. Well, that makes sense too. I mean, I actually have a grandbaby and uh, most of the pictures are always smiles and people always say that to me too. That baby is always so happy. So it's like, I think it is true. A lot of them are just innately born with a personality that's going to look more on the positive side than maybe some others. But I think we all need to just strive to try to be positive, even again, if it's not necessarily completely an inborn trait, let's try to look on the, you know, the glass is half full instead of half empty, you know? Yes. So, I, well, I bet um, everybody wants to hold that baby. Yeah. Well, he's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure anyone that's a grandma of any new babies, just like me, my grandbaby's nine months old, but anyone that's, you know, a new grandbaby and looks at their grandchild, no matter what, is going to think they're adorable, right? <laughs> so. They do, but it really helps to have a positive child. Mm-hmm. But I think too, like you said, just animals and babies just bring you a smile too. So even if you're having, you know, a day that's a little down, if you look at a baby that's just enjoying life, you know, whether it's they see their hand or they're playing with their toes or they've got a toy, you know, it just kind of brings you joy. It does. Although you can look at a grumpy baby and think, you keep that child. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, but, um, 
anyway, this, I just, you know, think it's important for us to really, you know, think about what we can do to be positive and hopefully, you know, positively affect those around us as well. Yes, I think so too. And if you want to go to break, we can go to break. I have another, um, I have a couple other suggestions and we can talk about that. I just think it makes such a big difference about how life affects us. Exactly. Well, we are just about at break time now, so we will just uh, take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue to chat with Vicki about your attitude and its effect on how you lead and serve. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Biz Help For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abandp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Vicki Hitzkus told us about her background and how she wrote, Attitude is Everything. So, Vicki, let's continue our discussion, and I'd love to chat about some ideas of things we can do to get or increase our positive outlook. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you something that, that helped me. One day, I was traveling, and pic- picture this. I, I was, I don't even know where I was, someplace in the Midwest. It was a gloomy day. I was staying in a budget hotel. The restaurant in this hotel was by the indoor pool that reeked of chlorine, and the lighting was neon. So it was dark, green lighting, strong chlorine smell. It was just, I mean, it was just everything you wouldn't want in a hotel. And I was tired, and I was feeling grumpy. And this was back when Oprah still had a TV show. 
And she was harping about, oh, you should have a gratitude journal, have a gratitude journal, have a gratitude. And I thought, oh, I mean, she and she wouldn't get off of it. And she must have been on it a lot because I didn't watch her show that much. But every time I turned it on, she was talking about start a gratitude journal. So just because I didn't have anything else to do and just to get my mind off the chlorine smell, I asked the waitress for a pen and a piece, piece of scratch paper. And just for the heck of it, I started writing down things I was thankful for. And, and I didn't just say, oh, I'm thankful for my mother, I'm thankful for my father, I'm thankful for... I thought, I'm thankful for my mother because... And I, mm. I just bullet pointed, but I'm, I'm thankful that she's so gracious. I'm thankful that when my mother enters a room, her goal is to make everybody in the room feel welcome and loved. That matters to her. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for my father because he is a godly man and he's kind. He's the wisest man I know. I'm thankful for my career. I'm thankful. And I just started listing things that I was thankful for. And when I sat down, I was in a grumpy <laughs> mood. When I finished that list, I was in the best mood. It was it was. It was amazing. It was really amazing. When people say focus on the positive. I am telling you, it 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 works. Have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally yep. made a list. Yeah, I I don't do that as often, but there are times, and I do write at, in the evening. I just kind of journal about my day or things like that too. And it is nice to think back on, you know, the, like I said, think about the positive, not dwelling so much on the negative. But sometimes, like you said, just writing a list. And thinking about, you know, what that is and what it means is important. And then go a little deeper, not just, oh, this or that, but because. Even Mm -hmm. if you just put a bullet point beside it. It's just, oh, what a difference that made. Um, Another thing you can do is stay healthy. My, um, My grandfather used to say to me, Vicki, if you have your health, you have everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that may or may not be true, but the reverse is true. If you lose your health, you lose everything. Mm-hmm. So whatever you can do to keep your health, keep it. Work out. Sleep. Everybody needs a minimum of seven hours sleep a day. I hear people say, oh, I only need four hours. No, you need at least seven, seven to nine, the experts say. Mm-hmm. Cut out anything white, white flour, sugar, potatoes, and eat green, orange, yellow, red, lettuce, tangerine, bell peppers, um, every, every color of bell pepper, carrot, berry, beans. That will help you stay healthy. When you feel good physically, it will help you emotionally. That's true. Um, a lot of the people that are listening to this show are entrepreneurs. And I think often, though, we think like, oh, we have all these things we have to do to run the business. And we don't always put ourselves first, right? So exercise right. may not be on the top of the list or, you know, I mean, I do try to eat as healthy as possible, too, and bring my own food. And, you know, I make it. I don't buy, you know, and I don't go out and stuff too much. But knowing a lot of people that are entrepreneurs and what they're doing, you know, trying to run their company, it's not always putting themselves first and being, you know, as healthy as possible. Get up an hour early and hit the gym. Just do mm-hmm. it. it. You'll sleep better at night. It, it, it's an hour well spent. The hard part is starting. 
Mm-hmm. You've got to get in that habit, and and that's a hard habit to start. But once right. you do, after two or three weeks, your body will wake you up and go, come on, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does enjoy it if you get into that habit. <laughs> so, yes, yes, uh, yes. And it's especially fun if you have a fun friend to do it with. If you don't make mm-hmm. a friend once you get to the gym, but that's true great too. To and it holds you with. accountable. Yes, yes, all that. And <laughs> I learned years ago that if I wasn't going to go or my friend wasn't going to go, we don't call each other because that way we still go to the gym. Right, and then you, know, you find like, out when you're, you're there. You're my workout partner. Don't call me and tell me you're not going because then I still show up. And I'm, right. I may silently curse you, but I'm there. And <laughs> the hard part's getting there. Right. But <laughs> so then I after you finish, you're happy. Great deal. Right? So. Another thing you can do is you can write, W-R-I-T-E. Um, they did a study at the University of Texas, Dr. James Pennebaker, that said if you will journal – if you're going through a really tough time and you journal just 20 minutes a day for three or four days, it will help you not just emotionally, but it will help you physically. And listen to what it does. It boosts your immune system and it makes your blood pressure drop. Interesting. Isn't that something? <laughs> just I hadn't journaling. heard that before. Say that again? I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. That, that's what the research showed. Um, I, I did this when I was, I was going through that tough time, and oh my God, it was free therapy. I just, mm. I just found that helped. Uh, I, I can't even tell you how much that helped. I would just, whatever came to mind, and I did it on a, on a computer and then just deleted it. But I just typed it all out, and oh my golly, that helped. Second thing you can do is you can set goals. When you journal, that will relax you. Setting goals, and for entrepreneurs, they'll know this, that energizes you. Write down Mm -hmm. what you want to do and by when. Put a date Mm -hmm. to it. Um, Back before I knew how to set goals, and if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur, hopefully you know how to set goals. I I told a friend of mine, I laugh at this now because I was so young, but um, she said to me, "What, what, what is your goal? And I said, I want to be happy. And I was mm. serious. And she laughed at me and she said, Vicki, that's not a goal. And I didn't know why. And she said, because it has to be specific. Mm. What would make you happy? That is a goal. Tell me specifically, what do you want to accomplish that would make you happy? And it has to be something you can attain, and it has to be measurable, specific, mm-hmm. attainable, and measurable, and then put dates by it, and then go tackle it. Right, like the SMART goals, right? That's the acronym for for that. So specific I, and I don't, measurable. I don't know that, but it sounds <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is great to talk about specific ideas that, that we can do to to become, you know, more positive, have a positive outlook. Um, and then, you know, we were also going to start talking about how to implement that with leadership and service. So you were talking before that there's, you know, there is a servant leader. So if someone has been a servant leader in the past, how, how do you think most people in positions of authority view leadership compared to service? Well, given my background, I would say 
people get promoted because they're good at a job. They don't get promoted because they're good at managing mm-hmm. people. And so, and that's unfortunate. Um, Marcus Buckingham, I believe it's his book, First Break All the Rules, thinks people that are good managers should manage and people that are good workers should work. And maybe the managers don't make as much money as the people who do the jobs in the same way that the in the NBA, the players make more than the managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, there's something to that. Um, my, my dad was a good leader. I saw him lead. Um, I also had the opportunity to work for the Dallas Cowboys twice in my life. When I was really young, I worked when Tom Landry was the coach Tom mm-hmm. Landry won two Super Bowls, five NFL conference titles, and 13 division titles. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was strong. He was manly. He was, he was no nonsense. Um, and he said that a leader was someone who gets someone to do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And... Uh, Walt Garrison, uh, one of his players, somebody asked him once, did you ever see Tom Landry smile? And he said, no, but I was only with the Cowboys nine years. (laughs) 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 Which isn't true. Landry had a really good wit. He was, he was, he wouldn't like stand up comedian funny, but he was funny. And he was also kind. And I would call him a, a servant leader because of this. He never cut a player without personally going to talk to that player. And apparently that's rare in the NFL. They send somebody else to deliver the bad news. But Landry wouldn't do that. He'd go in and he would say, this, this is why you're being cut. And, mm. and talk to them about why they were drafted. These are the strengths I see you have. And, and th- this is why we're having to let you go. But these are the characteristics I see being your strengths. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's 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 something about that that um, I went I went to his funeral, and I mean, there were busloads of players that came back for his funeral because he was so very loved. Later in life. I was on the board of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he was the uh, chairman of the board. And he 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 was an an older man by then, and he was but he stayed in shape, and he was dying from leukemia. But you wouldn't know it because he stayed fit. I mean, he's he I don't know exactly if that's a leader, but. You know, he never got paunchy and out of shape. I I think we always want to model for our people what we want from them. And because he was an athlete, he stayed an athlete. He stayed an Mm -hmm. athlete when he was a coach, and he stayed an athlete after he was a coach. Well, I think the story that you shared, too, where he was the one that was talking to the players and saying, you know, this is what I see, you know, here are the things that are, you know, strengths and here are things that you need to work on. I think that's actually doing a favor to that player as well. So they know, you know, this is where I need to work 
this is what I need to do to improve. And then this might help me get, you know, onto a team. You know, it's like, even though it was a difficult conversation probably to have, it was probably, you know, appreciated by that player to know why and what they could do. Right, right, right. And then because we always write a story in our head Mm -hmm. and we could be so completely off. Right. So he, he had the courage to sit down and, and be kind and tell them. Mm-hmm. And that's a great leadership quality there. So that's a great example of leadership and and servanthood and, and things like that, too. It's trying to do the best for those that are under our leadership, too, right? You know, it's not like mm-hmm. we're wanting to lead so we can get the attention. It's, you know, we want to be able to, you know, provide the best for those who are, you know, under our leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other, you know, stories you want to share that would demonstrate kind of this leadership and service? Well, I can think of one. I know of an executive in Boston who took over a company and the morale was just down to its ankles. It was just a terrible company. And he made a point he was very highly respected, came in. He, he he would walk the halls, management by walking around kind of thing. He would walk the halls, and he got to know the names of everybody there, all mm. of the secretaries, all of the assistants, and he was on a low-fat diet. And the cafeteria workers would make um, low-fat muffins for him. Which he did, which which he appreciated. He didn't just, you know, order him and that was that. Or, you know, I, I in my head, I think they did it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would he would call them by name and frequently thank them, and they loved him. And mm-hmm. and because he cared about them and they knew it, they started to care about each other, and mm-hmm. the, the morale of the your company changed. Nice. That's that servant leadership. When mm-hmm. you go and you say, how, how, is, how, is your, how is your son? How is your daughter? I've been concerned about them. Tell me about them. Then people start caring about each other. Right. Yeah, that's important. And then they feel they're not just a worker in a company, that they're a person that's appreciated for who they are, not just what they do. I care about your job, not just what you do. I care about you, not just what you Mm -hmm. do. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great story, too. Well, we're actually just about time to take another quick break. So when we come back, uh, we're going to hear more from Vicki Hitzkes about how to stay positive, even when others have a hard time doing so. And we're going to continue to talk about, um, well, we're going to touch on procrastination as well. So we'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Biz Help For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Vicki Hitzkus, author of Attitude Is Everything and How to Stop Procrastinating. Let's find a bit more information from her on leadership, and we'll touch on procrastination as well. So, Vicki... Does a good leader necessarily attract more customers? I think a good leader does. If you are a leader that promotes your people, promotes them, makes them glad that they work there, and they're loyal to you, they're loyal to the brand, they want to work hard. they increase productivity because they see you care about them and they see you work hard. Mm-hmm. They in turn show that to their customers. When I go into a grocery store where the manager is kind to the checkout clerk, say, and they like working there, it's very different to me than if they go, oh, good, I just had 20 more minutes here. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, chances are I'm still going to shop there because it's convenient to me, but it colors my impression of that place. Mm-hmm. Whereas if there's one just as close, and there probably is, and the people love working there, then I think, oh, I want to go there because we're attracted to positive attitudes. We, right. we like that. Years ago, there was a, uh, back when yogurt, frozen yogurt was a big deal, there there were yogurt shops everywhere in Denver. I mean, just, I mean, everywhere in Denver. And uh, I used to go visit my parents when they lived there. And there was one that my parents would go out of their way to go. My dad loved soft serve. So they would go out of their way to go to this particular yogurt shop and I thought, wow, there's, I mean, why, why go a distance? Cause you can, you can go anywhere to get yogurt, 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 yogurt. And 
I walked in and knew why. Mm-hmm. The guy who owned the yogurt shop was Asian, and he was the happiest man. He would, oh, it's good to see you. It's so good to see you. I'm glad you come today. And he did that for everybody who walked in. And everybody was greeted. He was enthusiastic. It was genuine. He was so happy. He made you feel happy on the inside. He was kind to his employees. They were happy. And because they were, I mean, it, it, was, it was like you just got immersed in joy when you walked in the door. And consequently, he got the lion's share of business in Denver. And he just had a plain, no big deal yogurt shop, but it was just flooded in happiness. And so people, mm-hmm. people wanted to go there. They could sense that welcome and his joy. Say it again. They could sense his welcoming them and his joy. You couldn't miss it. And they <laughs> they saw the way he talked to his employees, and they in turn picked it up, and, and they mimicked it. Everybody was happy in there. Mm-hmm. He left happy. <laughs> There's a store here in Dallas that's very high-end, and I went in once because I advertised on the radio, and the owner manager um, was was okay, nice to me, not particularly nice. But she turned to the lady that was her employee, and she asked her to do something, which the employee did. And when the employee turned her back to do it, the owner looked back at me and rolled her eyes as mm. if to say, "This woman can't do anything." Right. Oh, that's not good. And yeah. it made me not like the store owner. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, I just I didn't like her because I mean, as far as I could tell, the, that woman, the the worker, was doing everything she was supposed to do, and no matter what, it was not appropriate for her to make an ugly face at me right. Right. regarding her employee. So yeah. I, and if I if I were the employee, I would be sending out my resume left and right. I would certainly not want to be working for her. So, and I quit going there. I didn't go mm-hmm. back. So, yeah, good good leaders attract customers. Mm-hmm. And then you also wrote a book on how to stop procrastinating. So, are you a reformed procrastinator, or do you get things done? I do get things done. Um, there there are areas in my life where I don't, I can't think of one now, but there are areas I don't, but if it comes to, if I've got a deadline, I want to get it done today so that it's off my plate. When I was a kid, I didn't. I I used to put things off. And then the short version was I was in a science fair. I had six weeks to get it done. And six weeks to a kid is like dog years, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I put it off until the night before to even Mm -hmm. think of a science fair project. And everybody else came in with these, like, amazing projects. And I came in with this, like, it it was embarrassing what I came in with. And... I thought, I never want to feel like this again. And, mm-hmm. like, overnight I changed and, and did. I just, I'd, I'd quit now. I don't procrastinate. I just don't procrastinate. I get it done because I don't ever want to feel like that again. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think sometimes people feel that procrastinators are, you know, procrastinating because they're lazy, but you know, that, I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't personally think that that's the case. I think sometimes people feel things are just more of a challenge, but what do you think the reason is someone procrastinates? I think they can be lazy. Now I'm thinking, okay, why do I procrastinate? If I have lawn work or something like that, or I have to clean up the garage, then that's, that's where I might procrastinate. I think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it Friday or a Saturday, and then it's Sunday before I'll, I'll do that. But mm-hmm. um, th- that kind of work. But if it's work-based work, career-based work, I think that while, while there certainly are lazy people out there, often people are perfectionists. Mm-hmm. And what they want is they want to do a job well, and they're afraid that they won't. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they resist trying because right. we all want to do a good job. And so we put mm-hmm. it off and we put it off and we put it off. And then by golly, we fail. The, the exact thing that we're afraid of happens. But right. we have a built-in excuse where we didn't have enough time. I'm not saying this is logical, but we're not logical beings. We're not mm-hmm. necessarily rational Um if we were, we wouldn't have Diet Cokes and brownies. You know, we'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd give that all up. But, um, but, 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 but I, I think there's a lot of that. I think people want to do a good job, and they're afraid that they won't. They won't know mm-hmm. what to do or how to do it, and so that they don't even try. Mm-hmm. And I think so. And, you know, in my industry, too, you know, I, in the bookkeeping and payroll industry, and when clients are trying to do things on their own before, you know, they think they can hire, you know, someone to help them, I think they're just scared they're not going to do it correctly, or just the thought of doing something and having the IRS, you know, send them a notice or something just kind of scares them to even move forward. And then when they finally have to, because the CPA is like, I need to do your taxes, I need your information, you know, they'll finally get to it. Uh, but I think that's part of it a lot of times, too, is just afraid they're not going to do it right or it just feels overwhelming. Yes, yes. I, I, again, that's fear. They, they, they don't know what to do or how to do it, so they don't do it. Right. So for those who want to produce, you know, what tips can you give to help them get more done and get it done sooner? Well, I, I, I have several. One is, this is going to sound so obvious, but it doesn't get done. And that is start. Mm. Just start. Don't let fear, don't let not knowing what to do, don't let not knowing how to do it stop you. Just start. There's something magical about just sitting down and getting started. Even if you don't know how to do your taxes, once you get started, you'll find out what you don't know. And Mm -hmm. you'll realize, okay, well, I can get this organized, and then I need to call Candy. (laughs) Or maybe you can figure, oh, I can do this. You know, chances are you need to call Candy. (laughs) You can at least realize, oh, I need to get this organized, and I see how to organize it. But start. Um, mm-hmm. when, once you start, often you don't want to stop. Um, one wonderful benefit of being married to my husband was that he was a producer. Oh, my golly. 
he, he would say, let's go clean out the garage. And I'd think, oh, gee, no. And he'd say, let's just clean for one hour. And then if you mm-hmm. don't want to clean anymore, we'll stop. I'll make the coffee. And he'd, he'd run off. And I'd go out there and I'd start cleaning. Well, you know what? The hard part is starting. Once you start, mm-hmm. you don't want to stop. And if you're not done in an hour, you, you don't want to quit because the hard part is just getting started. And so mm-hmm. we'd finish it. I, I do that all the time. Now I think, Vicki, just give this 10 minutes. Just write for 10 minutes. And then if you want to quit, I'll let you quit. And then mm-hmm. I don't want to quit. I'm started, you know? <laughs> right. That's a great point. Yep. And so what else would you suggest to help someone, you know, not obviously just get started, but if they're, you know, dealing with procrastination or they want to get some things done besides just starting, is there, you know, another tip that you have to share? Yes. I would say be willing to do a job poorly until you can do it well. Hmm. Again, we all want to succeed. We all want to feel like we can accomplish and that, that, that we're great. Like if, if you're not good at social media, you're not good at videos, or you're not good at live videos, or you're not good at, you know, I don't know what you need in your particular career. Well, you're not going to be good. It's a skill. When you mm-hmm. first start, you've got to crawl before you can walk. You've got to walk before you can run. You're mm-hmm. not going to be good. Be willing to do a job poorly until you can do it well. I have a friend who's a master salesperson. I mean, just amazing at it. When he first started selling, he sold silk roses. And they were they were in vogue back then. Hard to believe, but they were. <laughs> and he, he would go from store to store, and his opening line was, you don't want any of these, do you? Mm. He didn't sell many roses, but he kept at it. Well, now he could walk in, and I bet even today he could sell roses, and they're not even in fashion anymore. But Mm -hmm. he learned how to do it because he was willing to do it poorly until he could do it well. I remember when I got my first iPhone. I hated that. I'd had a flip phone, and my friend Penny said, oh, you've got to get a new iPhone. They're just amazing. So I got one, and I, I... wanted to type with my pointer finger and, you know, I hit like three buttons at once and I just, Oh, I, right. Kenny, I hate this. I hate this. He goes, no, you got to type with your thumb. And I, you know, I couldn't do it. And he goes, no, the side of your thumb. And I said, Oh, I wish I'd never gotten this phone. And he said, Vicki, it's a skill mm-hmm. practice tonight. Well, now I wouldn't give up my iPhone. I'd love mm-hmm. it. You have to be willing to do something poorly until you can do it well. That's a good point. Yeah, it does take a while to take, you know, to develop skills. You don't just do it immediately. Like an athlete, most people aren't, you know, perfect, great athletes when they're out there. They've worked a really long time to build up that skill or, you know, anything else that we do. So that's a great point. But I know you do have the books available. So how can people purchase your books? Um, Thank you. They can go to my website. It's keynotespeaker.com, keynotespeaker.com. Okay, perfect. And if anyone wants to reach out and connect with you, um, what are the ways that they can reach you? A website, phone number, social media? You know, why don't you share all of those? 
my name, but my name is so hard, Vicki Hitzkiss, um, just go to Vicki, V-I-C-K-I, at KeynoteSpeaker.com or go to KeynoteSpeaker.com and all the links are on my website. Okay. Perfect. Well, I know this has been a great topic. There's, you know, it's so important, like I said, to have a positive attitude. We can't always have a positive attitude, but starting with a positive attitude. And then if we are in leadership, you know, making sure that we are, you know, trying to be servant leaders as much as possible. And then, of course, trying to make sure that we are ourselves staying on task or helping our staff stay on task. And so talking about, you know, how to avoid procrastination, this has all been great information. So I'm so thankful that you were able to be a guest with me today. Me too, Candy. Thank you for the invitation. So I wanted to also thank our listeners for tuning in, and I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about what you can do to, you know, have a positive attitude, to be a servant leader, and to avoid that procrastination. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Vicki at the link that she shared, or you can send me a message at media at abandp.com. Next week's topic is buying versus leasing commercial real estate for small business owners. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. And would you do me a favor and let those you know, uh, tell them about this show as well and how they can listen in. I'd really appreciate it. And until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.